So yes, my name is Jamie, and uh, I'm glad you guys are here today. And I'm also glad for the technology that we have to beam this wherever it goes. And um, so welcome from your home or your car. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this gloomy day. If we can't thank you for the gloomy ones, we have no business thanking you for the good ones, right? The pretty ones? Mm -hmm. Will you help us to hear your truth today? In Jesus' name, amen. So, it is the third week of Lent, um, but before I get to the lesson, let's address this first. If you are tense or anxious or fearful or absolutely terrified of the state of the world and the people in it and of the coronavirus, uh, well, the truth is, you know, so am I. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the knee-jerk reaction to being faced with your own human fragility and the fragility of the people that you love the most, well, it's fear. That reaction is fear. And, and I'm not going to give us a hard time about our fear today. Not today. But I am going to suggest that if we can turn our hearts and our minds towards Jesus, and if we can remember that his power is made perfect in our weakness, right, as Paul tells us, then I bet the more we concentrate on God's goodness and power and the less we dwell on our fears, then soon we will have more of God's amazing peace in us and less fear in us. Amen? Okay, so let's see if we can get there together. Right, so it's the third week in Lent, and I usually preach from the lectionary, and, um, and today is no different. But instead of preaching on the gospel reading, I'm going to go with the epistle reading for today, um, because it's about salvation. And, uh, and it has words in it, like peace and love and hope, and, uh, and I think we could, we could stand to hear about that. So the epistle is from Paul's letter to the Romans, and um, it goes a little something like this. Um, it's from chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. 
For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now, we could sum up those 11 verses by saying, Jesus is our salvation. Like Paul says it beautifully. But the point of all of that is Jesus is our salvation. Because we sin, that's our weakness, right? Because we sin, the Son of God, Jesus came to earth to be sacrificed so that we could be reconciled or restored to God. Jesus saved us from being enemies of God. That's what the first verse said. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have been justified by faith, and we have peace with God. And we can't have peace with God by ourselves. We can't use our own strength or will to receive or maintain peace with God. But through Jesus' sacrifice, we have peace with God, and we're no longer his enemies. And verse 2 tells us through Jesus, we also have access to God's grace. His grace, which is love and mercy that's given to us that we cannot earn. And through all of this, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And here's some advice. Do not rejoice in the hope of the glory of man, okay? Because it does not last, and it will always disappoint you. Yeah. And now the tough part, verse 3. We rejoice in our sufferings. <laughs> this is so hard. <sighs> Suffering. Like, oh, no. But suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And character, you know, that's, that's your quality, right? And you want good qualities. And through that character, it says, we get our hope. And do you want hope? I do. And we need hope, but I'm not talking about hope, like wishful thinking kind of hope, like, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. I hope the store has toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. But I'm talking about a biblical hope. And it's the confident expectation that God will do what he promises. Yeah. And sometimes I get tripped up on the word hope. And I go back to that wishful thinking part. But I have a very good friend who told me to uh, maybe substitute the word trust when I'm having a problem with hope. So if you're having a problem thinking of hope, maybe put trust in that scenario. And hope doesn't come to us by comfort and ease. That's what this is saying. Hope comes through character. 
And character doesn't come through comfort and ease. It comes through endurance. And that means time, and that means patience. And how do you get endurance? Is it comfort and ease? <laughs> no. You get it through suffering. So this is all about growing up. It's all about our maturity. I know. I know. I mean, do you know people who haven't suffered much? People who have had stuff handed to them their whole life? Yeah. And for whatever reason, good or bad reasons, that they've been handed their lives. Like, they're not really good in emergency, are they? No. And the first time they experience a hardship, like a tiny hardship, they fall apart. I mean, have you ever seen someone be minorly inconvenienced and they throw a temper tantrum? Like an adult that does this. Yeah. I work with the public. I see this a lot. Um, it's not attractive. It's not how we're supposed to be. So I want hope. And I know it starts with suffering. And I do dread it. But I know that without it, I can't grow up. And let's be clear, it's not just suffering, okay? Um, anyone can suffer. There's a lot of suffering out there for all of us. But it's suffering well that is hard. Rejoice in our suffering, Paul says. And he means it. Right? His ministry was not easy, and he learned to suffer well. I have, a, I have a friend, and right now she has cancer. And it hasn't been easy for her or her family because um, the treatments are complicated, and she has to go to Pennsylvania to have them. And um, it's financially hard and you know there's always side effects and the truth is she has been more at peace and full of joy than I have ever seen her and she never complained and in fact She's usually praising God or being thankful about something when I talk to her. So I see that she is suffering well and that it has led to that hope that Paul talks about in verse 5, the hope that does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And there's a lot going on in these verses. But like I said, it can all be summed up with Jesus is our salvation. And uh, we usually think of our salvation as meaning like if we believe that Jesus died for our sins, then when we die, we'll go to heaven. And, um, and that's true and that's fine, and that, but that's really simple. But that's not all. Okay, the salvation Jesus has for us doesn't start and stop at we die and go to heaven. Because Jesus is salvation. His name 
in Hebrew is Yeshua, which means to save or to deliver. In the first chapter of Matthew, the angel tells Joseph that Mary will have a son. And the angel says, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus is salvation. And salvation is a person. And salvation is an action. And I know I've said this before, but when we read the Gospels and we study Jesus, we can see two things in Jesus. We can see how Jesus reveals the Father's heart for his people, and, um, and Jesus shows us how to be human. He's true God and true man, so he shows us both sides. And wherever he went, he brought salvation, right? Every time he told people about the kingdom of God, well, that was salvation. And every time he healed a sick person or a broken person, that was salvation. And every time he opened up the scriptures and burned people's hearts with it, that was salvation. And every time he broke the religious law to liberate the oppressed, that was salvation. And every time he cast out a demon or touched a leper, every time he fed thousands of people with what should never have been enough food, that was salvation. And that was salvation with leftovers. Every Jesus story in the gospel is about salvation. Whether he's correcting the religious leaders or his own disciples, that's salvation. And when he teaches his disciples everything he knows and he calls them his friends and he promises to send them the Holy Spirit to help them, that is salvation. And we are his disciples. Yeah. We get to be his friends. And we have the Holy Spirit. And you know, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, that was salvation. But what did he do before that? He wept with his mourning friends. And that's salvation. So, we have this salvation in our hands, and in our hearts, and in our heads every day. We have access to this because of the ultimate salvation that Paul tells us about in his letter to the Roman church. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, we are justified by grace through faith, and we have peace with God. And we rejoice in hope of his glory. And we can suffer well while we are here. And now, I don't know what's going to happen in the next week or months. Some of us and some of the people we love the most will get sick. And some of us and the people we love the most will die. And this has always been true. This isn't new. This isn't new to God. He is not shocked by this. 
But we have salvation, and not just the ultimate salvation of spending eternity with our Heavenly Father, but the salvation that we learn from Jesus, that He puts in His disciples. It's like daily bread, but it's daily salvation. And we get to share it with our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors and strangers because Jesus showed us how. And I love how Eugene Peterson, right, um, he refers to Jesus as God with skin on. Um, And I love that, um, to show his true God and true man. So maybe while our fear is running higher than usual, um, maybe we can think of Jesus as salvation with skin on. Jesus is salvation with skin on, come to die so that we are saved and our fears can be replaced with peace and grace, the unearned love and mercy. And our fears are replaced with hope in God. And it is a sturdy hope. It's not fragile because we can suffer well and we can rejoice in our suffering because he never tells us to suffer alone. And when salvation with skin on comes, he always brings something. And sometimes it's healing, and sometimes it's lunch. And sometimes it's correction, and sometimes it's wine. And sometimes it's resurrection, but before there's resurrection, he shares in our weeping. So we will rejoice in our suffering because we will not suffer alone. Salvation is always with us, and he has given us each other. And somehow, we will hold each other up through this. From six feet away, we will hold each other up, (laughs) and we will not suffer alone. So I don't want you to suffer alone, and I don't want you to let others suffer alone. Yesterday, I was working at the library. I haven't shut it down yet. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, But I was actually glad yesterday because one of my neighbors came in, and I see her from time to time there, and she's in her 80s. And, uh, you know, I see her getting more and more fragile every year, especially after her husband died. And I was glad to see her. We chatted for a minute about how crazy everything's been. And then I felt the Holy Spirit tugging. You know how Jim talks about that, where he tugs on your shirt? And he said, give her your phone number. And I was like, that's a good idea. So I wrote it on a Post-it note. And I gave it to her, and I said, Miss Gail, I want you to have my number. I said, if you need anything, anything, I don't care if it's something small. If you need a light bulb changed, I want you to call me. Even if you just want to chat. And she took that paper, and she held it like it was precious. And she carefully folded it in half, and she put it in her wallet. And her whole demeanor changed. 
And she said, Janie, thank you. You have no idea what you've given to me. She said, I feel so much better. I couldn't believe that. I mean, I believe it. I saw it with my own eyes. So I said, you know, the next time you need to feel better, you call me. And she said she would. And, uh, and then she said, listen, this was so cute. This is typical grandma. She said, I have an extra loaf of bread in my freezer. If you need any bread, you come see me. I know. So you see, we're going to hold each other up. And we're going to suffer well together. And we will share the salvation that Jesus brings to this fearful and panicked world. Amen? Okay. Let's pray. Father, we see you, and we love you, and we know that you are king of kings. You're sovereign. Forgive us for the fear we have put above you. And thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Thank you for judging us as forgiven. And Jesus, thank you for being our whole salvation. Thank you for always bringing it, and thank you for giving it to us so freely. We need it. We crave it. And thank you for showing us how to suffer well and for teaching us that we do not suffer alone. Holy Spirit, thank you for pouring God's love straight into our hearts. We cannot do anything without you, so will you help us? Will you help us to hold each other up with the salvation of Jesus? And help us to rejoice and suffer well with the salvation of Jesus so that we can have the strong hope of God's glory. Lord, you are good. And Lord, you are love. And Lord, you are here. And we ask, will you please be with us, the whole world, as we live with this virus and the sickness of panic? And will you please pour out your health and healing and restoration on us, the world? And will you please bless all of the healthcare workers, including the orderlies, the techs, the chaplains, and the janitors? Will you protect them with your supernatural protection? And will you bless and take care of the poor and the weak with your supernatural health? Will you bless us all with your heart so we can take care of each other? Will you give us the wisdom and strength to keep following you and doing what you want us to do? Lord, have mercy on us. We love you, God, and we trust you, God. Amen.